Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator, and I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, this is Bob Camp from Marvel Comics, the Nam, G.I. Joe, Conan, and Ren and Stimpy. And you're listening to The Marvelous with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelous, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And you're, by the way, you're back from Latveria. How was that? It was wonderful. It was a beautiful on-assignment vacation. Dark and gloomy, and that's the way Doom likes it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Also, before we get into the usual rigmarole and introducing our special guest co-host, because Eddie will wring my neck if I don't say it like that. (laughs) Uh, It'll have to do. And also, little uh, reminder, we have, at the end of this episode, an interview with Ren and Snippy co-creator Bob Camp, which was recorded at Fanfare in New York City, and we talk a lot about Marvel, but... A lot more about Mad Magazine, which I enjoy talking about. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll do a Madvelist podcast. I don't know. That just was stupid. That's right. We both actually got to meet him on separate uh, occasions. Worlds apart. No, not da, separate da, ways. Da, da. Journey reference. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. But anyway, so uh, what else? Before we get into that, like I said, how can people get a hold of us on them, the, our social medias? How? First up, go on Twitter, Instagram, and the Fassi book. Slash The Marvelists. You can also find myself on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick and on Facebook at Peter Melnick Podcaster. And the only place in the whole wide interweb world, worldwide, wagga, 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 wagga. Anyway. If he didn't move his hands, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what he would say. But but doing this right now. Go ahead. The only place we can find Mr. E. Wilson is? Eddie. Nine one nine three. And what's the only place you can find him, E. Wilson? What website? On the IG, Instagram. There we all. Oh, you're saying like the kids say nowadays. Oh. Yeah, the IG. <laughs> the IG. Mm-hmm. That would be two Gs. Also, well, we're two Gs right here, Eddie. But you can also find us on all iOS and Android devices on Stitcher Radio, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. Let's see, what else do we got? We got Podbean. And, yeah, all those little uh, RSS or RSS aggregators. But remember, go on iTunes where you can rate, review, subscribe, and sunny and share. And five star if you're ever so inclined. And remember, Eddie. Stop it. Da-da-da-da-da. Four stars below. Doesn't work like the ice cream machine. Whatever, I botched that, but that's me. Good. Leave it. To Beaver, yes. <laughs> but... E. Wilson, we also are joined with a very special guest co-host today on the program. going to steal that from uh, R.D. Reynolds. But we are joined with the proprietor of Horror Movie Barbecue, which, by the way, if you're a Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard fan, you will know that name very well from the many Q&As they have. Chad Young. Chad. Sure. Woozle I love wazzle. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe we were also, you're the uh, person that connected me and Eddie here to a former 
multiple time co-host of this program, Ch- uh, Jeremy Bagley. I was going to say your, yeah. your name, but Jeremy Bagley, you know him as well. I do. He's a great guy, great guy. And he loves to talk about comics, which is always a plus, let's be fair. Yes. And what we do is talking about comics. Uh-huh. What, what kind of comics do you read yourself, by the I, way? I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really re- I'm, I'm not up on recent comics. <laughs> I tried to kind of get back into them after a while. And it's going to you guys are going to hang up on me now. But Brian Michael Bendis took me out of comics, man. Wow. With See. Civil War. I couldn't after that. Oh, Civil War 2? Uh, no, just uh, the very first one in oh, 2000, what was it, 6, six 7? Uh, Mark Miller or Millar or... Millar. Millar or... Well, Chad, you uh, know what? We have crossed, not cro- just the total opposite paths because Civil War brought right. me back in. Did it? Really? Yeah, it got so much publicity, you know, in the mainstream media it kind did. of thing. And I said, well, what's going on here? So I had to investigate, and then I kind of went down, and did, here we are. Did you do a data oh. from Star Trek and dress up as Sherlock Holmes as you went into the comic <laughs> shop? I need to figure this out. Yes, it's elementary. You, you, what is Snoop? <laughs> I, I got into, you know, there's there's a limited amount of current stuff that I'm up on and or collecting and both. Yeah. And, and you know, my big thing is inordinate amount of catching up to do so. I, yeah. I, I hear you right there. But, yeah, Civil War kind of brought me back to say, what's happening here? Oh, wow. You know, I imagine it brought a lot of people in because that was that was also around, I think it was shortly after or maybe before when they, uh, you know, they did that whole Captain America. Captain America. Yeah, yeah. That, that was another big, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And you know what? I actually did New York Comic Con that year, and I just remember so many people talking about it around the convention and, you know, there was mock yeah. trials going on. Who murdered oh him? Gosh! Oh my gosh! So who shot, much. Who shot and if you CA? ask him shooter about it, he he would just kind of look at you and kind of loom over you. Well, he's <laughs> tall as it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now, in regards to just a lot of different things. Well, first off, I got to ask you yeah. both a question. The question mm-hmm. that for me has been lingering in my mind. I haven't seen Eddie in a couple weeks recording the show, so I'm going to have to ask him this question. Mm-mm. And I'm going to ask you as well. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, have you ever been in a submarine? No. Chad? Uh, I, today or ever? Ever. Or today, mm-hmm. even. Oh, uh, oh, then, no, not ever. All right. Thank you both for your time. <laughs> the closest I ever was was watching X-Men First Class, so there. Ooh. You know, that counts. Well, then that's okay. it. I mean, simulated, I would say, it would be a possibility, but I thought that's where Chad was going to go with the I, answer. I will, but. I will also say, by the way, consuming a submarine sandwich counts. Oh, okay, then yeah. And technically then, at that point, a submarine has been inside of you, so oh. that's the end of that. We all okay. live in... Sorry. See, that counts if you know that song, that counts. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, anyway. It- a lot has also happened in regards to the Distinguished Competition, and I kind of want to go into a topic of this because it's it's definitely been something that's very interesting to me with this. The movie Birds of Prey came out, and oh wait, no, sorry, I'm incorrect. As of right now, Harley Quinn colon Birds ah. of Prey has come out. Yes. Because yeah. you see, the movie did not do that well in terms of box office revenue within its first week. Although you also have to factor in, guys, still hasn't gotten that China money yet. So mm-hmm. international, I, I don't think it's going to be a box office bomb per se, but people are very much underestimating this movie. And personally, I saw the movie, saw it 
preview night. I didn't see it for the Wednesday night showing. I would have liked to have done that, but I didn't. Mm. So that's the end of that part. But with the movie, I liked it. I thought it was a fine time. It was the you know a step in the right direction for the distinguished competition. Mm-hmm. It's an R-rated movie done right, and mm-hmm. it's not to the point where it's like. It very much reminded me of Deadpool meets John Wick. And there's just elements of it, which, by the way, if you want Deadpool meets John Wick, you might as well just watch Deadpool 2 because it's directed by one of the directors or whatever. (laughs) But with this movie, I really enjoyed it. I thought I I like also little callbacks. They reference the Harley Quinn animated series that's currently streaming on the DC Universe app, which that, by the way, I cannot recommend enough. But. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because that's happening over there and Marvel will release a movie and people will go see it in Fox, not just because mm-hmm. it's Marvel, but because they're invested in the characters. And I'm curious for both of you guys, mm-hmm. would you make a Marvel movie and have it be like, let's say Civil War did not come out as Captain America colon Civil War. Mm-hmm. It instead was called Civil War colon something something but it doesn't mention any character names right would it do as well as it did if it didn't have if it did have the character name in there Um, in my opinion i i think if, if if at this point you know and peter you know me to be a distinguished competition guy right you know that i love these movies and these characters but i mean Let's. I mean, for me to just not say this would be foolish. It, I, we're at the point where you can put Marvel on any movie, any character, and people, I think, are going to rush out and go see it because they want to see how the Marvel movies kind of play into the bigger picture. And, you know, it, just like um, Infinity War, you know? I mean, people want to see all those small things. So if you were to just flash Marvel at the beginning of the trailer and say Civil War, you know, uh, a bad day at Hardy's or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's then, a pretty bad you know, day. Would, I, there's no such thing as a bad day at Hardy's. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it would do fine, especially if you just put, you know, I mean, are we talking like in terms of marketing? Are we putting like the characters' faces out on there? Or are we just saying Civil War, you know, in general? Well, with Birds of Prey as a movie, it was showing all the characters' faces, and it, yeah. they put an emph- emphasis on Harleen Quinzel. Oh, yeah. And yet... Nothing. Nothing. Could it also be burnout from reputation of the Distinguished Competitions movies among hardcore comic fans and movie fans? I don't I know if that's right, because I think a lot of Harley fans, and from postings I'd seen on Facebook... There were quite a few that went out dressed as Harley in mm-hmm. that in that in that version, and yeah, they they really you know ate it up kind of thing. But I I don't know with, with that whole title business whether it truly impacted the revenue from the first weekend or whatever. But no, to answer the question too, I think I agree pretty much with Chad. If it's got Marvel in it and it says it's Civil War, yeah, I want to go see it. Yeah, yeah, and I I think and you know I. For me, I don't see Harley as a, gosh, like an A-lister. I kind of see her as a cult hero. I kind of see her as that niche, kind of hot topic-y. 
And maybe that perception is changing with this movie, or it could, or it will. But, I mean, I feel like with the exception of the original animated series, Harley's always been marketed towards, like, the older crowd. Marvel movies are kind of targeted towards everybody. I don't think... Gosh, I just don't see Harley being the... mm, Gosh, how do I put it? I don't see her being that big of a deal that... Ah, gosh, maybe that's just me. Mm. You know, maybe I'm, I'm just not seeing the grand scope of Harley Quinn. I don't know. <laughs> do we think that maybe this Harley Birds of Prey movie will do better than, you know, Suicide Squad? Speaking of Suicide Squad, <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> I personally think the reputation of the Suicidal Squid in general was, um, you know... It might might have turned people off that they're like, well, it's gonna I be like that so. movie again, so I'm not gonna go see mm-hmm. it. I I I just I I think that people wanted Suicide Squad to be better. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was fun, but I just thought it was just a lot of. Ugh, it was a movie was trying to find itself. Yeah. It really was, and I think you know, hopefully with this next one, maybe they'll do it better, but. I think that there's a good, you know, that that's a good point. I think that the Suicide Squad, and I even think maybe Batman vs Superman stink is kind of in a lot of people's noses when it comes to DC. I think when they think of DC movies, they're going to automatically think of Martha, you know, which I, I think is a shame. But I think that wait, the Tom Waits song. I ah, uh, see, there's the rub right there. <laughs> I love that Cookie Monster. but in regards also to this movie there's another contributing factor i feel that might be leading towards this negative backlash towards not seeing the movie Mm -hmm. and it's kind of funny i think it's because of rotten tomatoes and here's my crackpot theory with this lately it's been very hip and contrarian to hate a movie if it gets really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, if it's a comic book movie or a movie in regards to Star Wars, science fiction, just in general. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of really shitty movies like Alita Battle Angel will get, you know, rightful bad reviews. And people will like it to protest the overall, you know, oh... They Rotten Tomatoes, which by the way, people don't realize how Rotten Tomatoes works. It's an aggregator. Mm-hmm. I real I, I feel like the guy in Child Protective Services on The Simpsons. I cannot explain it enough. Garbage goes into this, so I have to explain to these people how Rotten Tomatoes works. Where it's not John Q Rotten Tomatoes dot com going on saying, "Well, I give this movie a bubble ball." No. And I'm turning into Bing Crosby for some reason. But uh, in regards to that, they don't realize that that's how the site works. And these people are are liking movies that are badly reviewed and hating movies that are getting good reviews, at least Mm -hmm. in terms of the main scope of these films, like these types Mm -hmm. of genres. And it's – here's the thing. To quote the boys from We Hate Movies, it's okay to like a movie. Mm-hmm. You can like a movie. I like the movie Highway to Hell from 1992. Oh, it's, good call. It's such cheese, and it's fun. 
but it got terrible reviews. But guess what? I don't care because Rob Lowe's Ooh. brother went to hell. Not in a oh. handbasket, but he got to see... <laughs> ACDC. Ben St- well, was ACDC? No, they were not. The song Stop is that. Highway to Hell. Stop that. But <sighs> ACDC was in Maximum Overdrive. Yes. In who made game. who? Yes. And and All some others, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> and a green goblin face on a tractor trailer. Oh, my gosh. I love that thing. Scary awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so scary. Yeah. Can you imagine going to see that at a convention? I was just kind of look at it from across the room and just be terrified and run out. And not want to get closer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To terrifies quote, me. Geez. To quote him, Homer Simpson watching Twin Peaks, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> mm-hmm. But what I'm, you know, like I said, what I'm getting at is, could it be also contrarians going on now saying, I'm going to like this movie? Because ever since 2018, the, and I'm not talking about WWE backlash, backlash, I'm not good enough to call it backlash, <laughs> but the backlash that fanboys gave towards The Last Jedi, which, again, I will always remind oh. this, I thought the movie was okay. It's, it was a Star War. There were laser swords, there were midichlorians in theory, there was all that stuff, and there was a Wookiee, and mm-hmm. delightfully adorable the, porgs. But The power of myth. Ah, the power of myth. <laughs> His turkey neck. <laughs> well, Lucas declined an interview on our podcast once, so I can make those jokes. Did he really? Yeah, we got a hold of his publicist, and we tried to set something up, and needless to say, oh. it did not happen. There was also a Tarantino one we were trying to get, but I like QT, oh. so I'm not going to besmirch his good name. Uh. Yeah, well, that's fair. But, yeah, so. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I feel like I've kind of cracked this code. And, you know, I, I wonder if we're all kind of guilty of this. I think that science fiction, you know, horror, comic, kind of geeky kind of crews, I think that we like to kind of imagine that all these things are in this, like, tight little circle and they're kind of, not meant for like the mainstream because we've held on to it for so long and that we've kind of kept it secret from the world and now it's becoming big and you know we're not really ready to share. Yeah. And I I I've kind of come to that conclusion because I remember having a conversation with someone about how mainstream doesn't really accept, you know, horror movies. And they're like, well we don't need uh the mainstream to accept horror movies and I'm like, uh, if you want more of them, mm-hmm. kind of do and I, I feel like it's that way with uh, comic books and you know and I, I I'm kind of glad that we're kind of winding down with this DC versus Marvel stuff because it used to kind of be fun you know if you and your friends were kind of ribbing each other about it and you know uh, I know I I always my friend who's probably you know I know he's listening Ryan I would always give him a hard time about his. Uh, he loves the Secret Wars action figures, and I would always give him a hard time, and he'd always give me a hard time about the Hall of Justice being a giant shoebox, you know, and and let's be fair, that toy box, that, that place that was a shoebox, but, you know, it used to be fun, and now I think, like, people are just so set on taking sides and not really willing to give the others a chance, and they want to kind of keep it to themselves. You know, when something like this happens, I think, yeah, people are going to, like, start revolting against it and just being like, well, no, we don't want other people to like it. Like, what? It's it's, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my, my problem is 
I want to see more of this. And you know, I always go over to what my friend BJ Booth says, and that's this was the stuff we got beat up yeah. for as kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it, it's invaded the pop culture conscious, and it's so awesome because what we got picked on for is being beloved by so many people. Mm-hmm. But remember, if you're a girl and you like this, clearly you're a fake nerd girl. Oh, that's oh, my, my favorite God. bullshit. Oh, my God. Uh. You know, you can just like what you like. To quote the digital underground, and I realize it's in a different context, but do what you like. But The Humpty Dance? Yes, do the Humpty Dance. Ah, wow. Nice. 1981, I think. Yeah. Not 1981. I said 1991. Oh, I, I, I misheard you, sir. You sure oh, did. my word. Yes, mine oh, too. Oh, my stars and garters. Thank you. Oh, but oh. <laughs> I, I was going to say one other point between Harley, Birds of Prey, and Suicide Squad was that at least Suicide with the advertising, the trailers, and so, it had a kick-ass, I thought, soundtrack. I don't yeah. know what songs are in, the most part. are in Birds of Prey, Harley, but, you know. Birds of Prey has a very mixed soundtrack. It's it it did. It's more the raw raw girl power kind of music, which I'm perfectly fine with. Spice Girls? Mm-hmm. No, but oh. <laughs> weren't they big proponents of girl power? Well, yeah, you are. You do raise a good point. That's right. But yep. It's just it's one of those things where I wasn't blown away with the soundtrack, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. But hey. Again, like I wasn't blown away by the soundtrack to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel had kind of like a bland '90s soundtrack. It well, was pretty. It was pretty solid. Kind of I, I, it was all recognizable stuff. I think maybe except for one, in my opinion. That's fine song. for being. The, that's fine for the idea of recognizability. Guardians of the Galaxy. Ugh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I can easy for me to say, huh? With the Star Lord tattoo, <laughs> but the idea of. The Guardians of the Galaxy movies, they have very recognizable songs, and it's very solid. I just felt like Captain Marvel had very bland soundtrack choices. Mm-hmm. They could have gone with, like, you know, I don't Gangsta's Paradise for no reason, you know? All of a sudden, like, she just rolls up to the blockbuster or something. Oh, yeah. She kind of crashed into it, though. Dave Matthews. <laughs> so there you go. Dave Matthews crashed into me. Mm-hmm. John... Oh. John Q. Right Now, Crash by Dave Matthews, because I know you've been waiting for that one. <laughs> so you're welcome, un- un- unintentionally. <laughs> do, do you guys think that maybe with the whole we're trying to kind of make these soundtracks a little... Do you think that it would be better if we were to kind of go back to just doing like like scores for these movies instead of just relying so heavily on the soundtrack? Or do you think that doing a soundtrack... You know, with like a like uh, various artists. You know, do you think that that's the way to go for these movies? Personally, I think the way to go is to go back to the mid two thousands fart rock era, where you have oh. Seether and Amy Lee and oh, what else? Saliva, God, yes. Damage Plan, all of the greats of fart rock. Oh. Is there a Sum Forty One in there too? I think. No, you do not besmirch the name of Sum Forty One. Taking Back Sunday. Just thinking what. Hey, I, do, you do not besmirch the good name of Taking Back Sunday either. <laughs> if either Peter, of you, didn't I text you one time that like some forty one had the best song ever in a Marvel soundtrack. I believe so, and that w- that one was uh, Spider Man One, the very first. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm waiting. That was a damn good song. Oh, language. That was a dolly gosh darn. Chad, Chad, you're fine. Peter's already got two offenses. <laughs> 
<laughs> Once, <laughs> two, twice. Two poopy bombs there. Three yeah. times oh. a shitty. All right, now you have the trifecta. That's the, there's the hat trick. We've yeah. done it. We I just, have made this happen. I just feel like in regards to this, they yeah, you know, I like the emphasis. For Marvel, at least, it's a very fine line between the two because you have a lot of really solid soundtracks in terms of, you know, the licensed music. But then you have recognizable theme songs for all mm-hmm. the characters. You have the score for, you know, Alan Silvestri's work with the Guardians. You have mm-hmm. Tyler Bate with the Guardians, which I'm shocked I know those names so well offhand because normally I would not know that. Well, I know Alan Silvestri I'm did a few. I'm not shocked at all that mm-hmm. you know those names. Yeah, right. But in regards to the soundtracks, I just feel like yeah. I like that they, they're at a nice, even area with this. And one of my things also is just the fact that, again, they make recognizable theme songs. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I don't know what the Distinguished Competition's version of Superman is in regards to the Henry Cavill version. I don't know mm-hmm. what a Shazam theme song would be. Wonder Woman I kind of get because of the butt rock, you know, guitar from uh, oh, B- BVS, colon, Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's, hers is the only one I remember. I, I think if you look back, you go like the Superman theme from John Williams, the yeah. Elfman score for Batman, mm-hmm. and now the Wonder Woman theme, because I don't even think Aquaman really had one, did it? It was just a Wrangler jeans commercial on loop. Yeah, well, see, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That'll sell some jeans, all right. Uh, oh, my man. Oh, stonewashed. Wait, I'm borderline turning him into Al Pacino. Ooh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, why didn't we get Al Pacino as Aquaman? That would have been great. Well, the funniest thing was a few years ago, Pacino was in talks with Marvel and DC about maybe doing a role, and nothing ever came about it. Neptune. Ooh. Yeah, Macho Man. (laughs) Or Wondar. Wondar. Hmm. (laughs) Wow. He could have done Wondar, sure, with the beard. I'd love... Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think. He would have made a good Mandarin. He, oh, he now really, you're, oh, you're pissing me off now that we didn't get him. Oh. And then he could have also made like a really good, because if he can chew the scenery just like his predecessor did, he would have made a great Green Goblin, Harry, or uh, Norman Osborn. Mm, yeah, I would have accepted that. Sure. And there's so, just, again, so many different characters that he could have played. And then, you know, you have... With this past weekend, I love that I, I posted a meme on the uh, Marvelous page from Marty Scorsese eyebrow posting, and <laughs> it was the ending of Casablanca, and they just replace it with Marvel and Martin Scorsese, and it goes after both uh, Endgame and The Irishman won zero Oscars. You know, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I would love <laughs> to see Scorsese do something now with Marvel. Just as like, you know what? We, we have that one bond because now we're going to try and fight that parasite, which I still have not seen. I still oh, need to see oh, that movie. Nice. I've heard good things. That's a DC villain, sir. It's not a Marvel villain. That is true. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. in regards to uh, the Oscars, I believe in, uh, Endgame did not win anything as far as I know. John, mm-hmm. fact check this right now in the episode. Interesting. But... Yeah, I mean, I was honestly going over, you know, this is just going to be a free-form kind of episode, like I said to, you know, Chad during the texting for this, but, like, Joker just won, you know, decently at the Oscars, where Joaquin won the 
Oscar for Best Actor, and mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. well deserved because, to be completely Very. honest, the Academy not just because of his portrayal in the movie. I thought the movie was okay. wasn't my favorite, you know, portrayal of the character. I'm still I'm a, I'm a Nicholson guy, but mm-hmm. you know, same. And I I know your stance on one certain actor who played the Joker, so we won't touch that one. Oh, Cesar Romero, I miss you. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not him. But oh, anyway. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> but in regards to that, you know, this this version of the character, you know, he won it. And I feel like also it's an Oscar that was well-deserved because if you look at a previous Joker, Jared Leto, he won for Dallas Buyers Club and he did a lot to his body in order to do that role. And the, yeah. the Academy notices these things. I believe Bale won the Oscar as well for his role, I think, in The uh, Machinist or The Machinist, however you pronounce it. But John also fact-checked that as well. But <laughs> you have that whole element of they're willing to do this for their craft. That earns them the Oscar. And it's true. You know, you look at that and it's just like, oh, wow, they they really did this. They really believed in this role. And he went through mental anguish. He went through physical anguish in order to do this character. And mm-hmm. he op- he's said like, maybe we can do a Joker too, but let's, let's, I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of people were also going on saying, why didn't Robert Downey Jr. get a nomination for Endgame? Because uh, he was okay. Did he one? I mean, here's, I, I, you know, I the only thing that I really take issue with is how many it's 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 how it's, I had an issue with Midsummer kind of being snubbed. I had a big issue with Florence. How do you say her name? Puke. I don't want to get that name wrong, but I, I Florence. Don't. Yeah, and the, the girl machine probably end up playing you know Rogue in the next X Men movie. But hmm. I can see that. Um, yeah, or either her or uh, who's the girl that um, Journey Smollett? I think she would make a good rogue too. Um, but I, I, I think that Robert Downey Jr. I, I don't think that he cares at this point. If he's nominated, does he? But yeah, like pretty much, you know. And yeah. he, it's right now. It's a curious time for him because he left the role of Iron Man. He's going off to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. And he, the, I feel bad for him because the very first role he does is Doolittle, which is mm-hmm. critically panned. Everyone hates the movie, and it's like one of those, oh crap, did he get out of Marvel too soon? It, I think the conversation would have been also, what would happen if he had waited too late? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, he's been doing it for. Let's see, that was 11 years. I mean, yeah. what else? He, I mean, let's be fair. He made Iron Man the face of Marvel at a time when, A, nobody was talking about Marvel. And, I mean, other than, you know, the Civil War stuff, but in terms of, like, multimedia, movie, cartoon, whatever, he made Iron Man even just as recognizable as Spider-Man. And yep. that hasn't really happened in... A long, long time. So, I think at this point he can kind of make that decision. It's kind of like with uh, Hugh Jackman. If, if you know you're ready to go, you're ready to go. I'd you know, also, and... say, I would also say though the at one point in time 
right around the time Iron Man came out and then, you know, mm-hmm. Iron Man 2, Fox's X-Men movies were really the crown jewel of what a Marvel movie could be. And yeah. I feel yeah. those movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, took away that attention. And as a result, the Fox X-Men movies became second-class citizens. No one yeah. cared. And yeah. in a lot of ways, it's a shame because I've talked to a lot of people about this. And like I'll always hear, oh, the Fox X-Men movies were terrible. And I'll go, okay, name the Ooh. terrible ones. And I'll go, yeah. I'll go through each one and be like, well... That one's a really good one. That one's a really good mm-hmm. one. Last Stand, you remove the whole uh, Dark Phoenix subplot or plot in general and, you know, just have it be the main plot. It's a decent X-Men movie. Then you end but up can having... Can I just oh, interject? Yeah. I'm going to be the one that just says it. I enjoyed X3. I thought that it was kind of a veer in a different direction and it mm-hmm. gave us a different look at the X-Men. I enjoyed it, but I know that a lot of people just, oof, they did not like it. And it's, again, because Dark Phoenix and also because they killed off characters. Yeah. You know, didn't die in the original thing. Why would you kill off Scott? Why would you kill off Xavier? Didn't make sense. No. I know. I've got some good answers why I would kill off Scott, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) My my favorite thing, by the way, uh, I did my sequel version of this. I like going to uh, Cyclops cosplayers at Comic-Cons. Taking oh, no. a photo with them, and I go on three, one, two, three, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> and now when I see Doctor Doom cosplayers, it's one, two, three, Richards. Oh my gosh! I have fun with this. And Do you I ever got... go up to cable cosplayers and just say, "Hey, why don't you sit down and tell me about your family?" <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I go up to Kylo Ren cosplayers and I, when, when, uh, after, uh, Force Awakens came out, I would go, sorry about your dad. Oh no. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I I go down the dark road for a lot of these (laughs) and just to watch the reactions, man, go for it. Oh, I just love Jerry Reed, but. Oh dear. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you got that reference. I once went up to. Once went up to a Jason cosplayer, and Peter, you um, just a little insight. You, you, I'm I'm a very very tall gentleman. I'm about I'm six foot six. Wow. I go up to the Jason cosplayer at a Monster Mania convention. And I just say, "Hey, how's your mom doing?" <laughs> and this guy's in character, and he just looks at me like he is ready to kill me. He tilts his head to the side, and I'm like, "Oh, I okay. love it! So, I love it! That's great." <laughs> The best cosplayers are the ones that just refuse to break character no matter what, and I love it. What would you do to a Michael Myers character? Say something about his sister? <laughs> you mean like, his sister that doesn't exist anymore? Apparently? Walk up to a Michael Myers cosplayer. So, what episode of the original series of Star Trek do you like? I personally hated the Menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Harlan Ellison? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a city on the edge of whatever. Oh, oh. Hey, what's your... You know, I loved you in Wayne's World, too, just so you know. <laughs> now, so I married an axe murderer. Was that uh, method acting for you? <laughs> do Saturday mornings really make you horny? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Now... Bring it back. My, my personal favorite... I'll go back over to the Gene one. When yeah. 
I love going getting pictures with Cyclops cosplayers <laughs> for that because they don't. A lot of them don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I have video footage, and I have to, I have to give uh, credit to Daiko for on Twitter for recording this at Comic Con this past year. But <laughs> I walked up to one, and I go on three, say Gene, and you hear one, two, three, Gene. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, you are a s- <laughs> like personality wise, you are like a sack of flour. <laughs> just did he did he at least uh, try to say I'll be in the Blockbird? No, but he was with a, a Gene cosplayer, which was even oh, worse. Come on, what? <laughs> yeah, and, like he didn't get it, and I'm just like, oh, come on, man. It's li- mad. It's literally oh, the god. it's literally the uh, yo MTV raps. Come on, son. Oh, oh, <sighs> but. In regards to that, just you know, I love that element of like when when somebody gets it, it's great. The yeah. the Doctor Doom cosplayers, they always do it. They go Richard, and they shake their fists, and it's great. But at fanfare, when I did it, everyone just stopped what they were doing and looked at us, and I'm like, this is moments I live for. <laughs> but. There again, just that element of having fun with this, and yeah, getting into the character and embracing it. Mm-hmm. And I, my, oh, yeah. and I'm not just saying this because he's in the room with me right now, but Eddie's Mr. Fantastic cosplay, which I helped with. I got to throw yes, that little part out. Mm-hmm. But there is an element to it where you have fun with the character, and Eddie will go around with a clipboard and with an illustration <laughs> by Jim Salkrup of the Invisible Woman. <laughs> And just go, have you seen my wife? Have you seen my wife? Have you seen my wife? <laughs> and it's it's so great because you have to have all these different elements. And I'm waiting for you to bring back out of the mothballs your Incredible Hulk slash Banner cosplay. Yeah. Where you can just go, I feel... Uh, conflicted. Yeah, conflicted. Just like... Uh, <laughs> kind of angry, kind of tired. Should kinda... I stay or should I go? <laughs> uh, see, I would have you walking around with a boombox while that plays in the background. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. Me. But who would get that? I don't know. I don't care. Just entertain me. <laughs> <laughs> Put it all this effort just for you. Damn right. Can't even just get into the costume and be entertained. All right. Mm-hmm. But again, you know just... what you do? You, 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 here's, here's something I've kind of thought would always be kind of fun. You get someone recording you going into like a convention bathroom as Bruce Banner. And then you just like you race out of there dressed like the Hulk and like you're all just painted up and just start screaming. Yeah. That's and, cool. Like literally I would be the only one that would probably <laughs> I had Chipotle the night before. <laughs> oh. They were out of toilet paper. <laughs> but there's again just that element of having fun with these cosplays and I what I really like I've all I've done the Star Lord cosplay and I love how awkward it can be for me because people expect me to dance and I'm just like no don't no, no. I don't want to no. do it <laughs> like I did there there's video footage and I don't know if it's ever seen the light of day but somebody recorded me as Star Lord dancing and halfway through you just see this look of defeat in my eyes of can, can we can we please stop can, can we please stop and I think at one point I was doing the Seth Rogen uh, knocked up dance move of the dice just every couple of seconds like, I don't know what to do so wow okay it's funny because like I remember walking past there was when Spider-Man Homecoming came out they made these like little robot toy things where you know it was a Spider-Man thing I forgot the name of it whatever it was but they had a gigantic one hanging up and there's somebody talking through a microphone doing like a Tom Holland impression. Oh. And every person that would walk by 
they would acknowledge the people like this machine would acknowledge the people walking by and I'm walking by a star Lord and I just hear this ever so softly come and get your love. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> like that was the moment. I'm like, this is awesome. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And I, love it. I mean, I've, I've been contemplating, I want to get back into doing cosplay again. Like I'm trying, you know, working on losing a little bit more weight, doing my thing. And Eddie and I have some discussions of what we want to do for the future of the show with our cards. Because mm. I love, you know, you've seen my card, you've seen Eddie's card. and yep. looking right at him. I want to do one card. Did you get the card from uh, Jeremy, I think, of uh, Eddie? I didn't get the card from Jeremy. No, you gave me, uh, you actually signed a Star-Lord card for me, though, at yes. WrestleCon. Yes, I did. <laughs> and <laughs> the next plan is going to be, we're going to do the X-Men Series 1. Oh, my God. Because I love those Jim Lee cards. I think they're great. And Mm -hmm. mine's going to be Gambit. Eddie's going to be Cyclops. And I'm planning on contacting my uh, favorite artist for this because she does phenomenal work for these. I want to get a hold of Redneck Kung Fu. You can follow her on Twitter and all that stuff. She does amazing stuff. If you, uh, Chad, you're going to know her work as well because she does a lot of pro wrestling designs. And Mm. that was how I discovered her. She did some shirts for Joey Janela, and I'm like, yo, you're good. Oh, wow. So, wow, she's actually the one that did my uh, Star Lord. So I'm looking forward to her doing me as Gambit. Ooh. Well, then that that's gonna look great because I love. Honestly, when you handed me that card, I was like, I literally for a second it took me to a second to realize it was you. Yeah. I'm looking at it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I've seen this this one before. My favorite so, thing was I like, love it. I handed it to, or no, I I remember Kevin Kleinrock of uh, Wrestling Society X and Master mm-hmm. Public. He saw it when I originally made the thing, and he goes, "You know, this kind of looks like you." And I'm like, "Kev, that's the point." <laughs> so I hope so. <laughs> he, you know, I remember like also giving him. I think I gave him the card at uh, New York Comic Con when Master Republic was there. And which, by the way, you oh, have, wow. if you have the opportunity, anybody listening, check out the Luchaverse that they did. They had like a Rey Mysterio comic, uh, Pentagon Junior, Lucha mm. Bros comic, a uh, bunch of people, and. Phenomenal art, phenomenal writing. Cannot recommend it enough. Man, you know what? It, 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 now here's here's a little question I got for you. Do you guys did you guys ever pick up those old WWF comics that they did from Balance? No, but I have the uh, '90s ones from uh, Chaos, home, oh, home of Chaos my boy Evil Undertaker. Ernie. Yeah, the Undertaker, like the Kane. They did a Mankind, I think. I ha- I think I have the Mankind one. I have uh, Undertaker, but yeah. My personal pride of my collection are the WCW comics from Marvel. Oh, my gosh. Those are beautiful. Oh, I had a British annual. I don't know. how. I think I got it at, like, a library sale. It was, like, a hardcover edition. Oh, I wish I still had it. it was and it was beautiful. a Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it had thing on the cover. It was, like, yellow. And it was, like, a hardcover book. I know what I'll and be it, on the hunt for. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was really cool because they also had the... Um, the uh, like the bios of like all the wrestlers that are in it. So they had like PN News, who is my favorite WCW gimmick of all time. Yo, baby, yo, they... baby, yo. Oh my gosh! Oh, I love it! I love it! Like it's it's funny because if you look at the comics that they were before, and now you're looking at you know just wow, everyone's accepting wrestling in comic books. This is fantastic! I love it. I just you briefly know? seen them, you know, as they maybe when they're after they came out. I wasn't into the wrestling thing, so mm-hmm. it didn't phase me or whatever. Yeah, it's it's crazy to know that 
uh, WCW is technically a part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it is, <laughs> technically. So Sting so could technically things. be in the next movie. I, <laughs> see, I remember not too long ago there was a rumor that they were considering maybe bringing into the Marvel Universe a character that I was shocked that it might one day happen. You never know, but Grew the Wanderer by Sergio Aragones. Oh! Yeah. There's like that, there was the rumor, and it's it might have been debunked, but if that were to happen, holy. I, yeah. And I've, I actually own Gru's first appearance in Destroyer Duck number one. And nice. I'm, I'm a big uh, Steve Gerber and uh, Jack Kirby fan. So, like, that was sure. when I saw that sitting at a comic shop or a Comic Con for $10. I'm like, oh, you better oh. believe I'm taking you home. <laughs> have you met your Sergio yet? I have not. Sergio was supposed to be at uh, Big Apple Con a few weeks ago, or last last uh-huh. December, uh, December 14th December. was, yeah. He was supposed to be there, but had to pull out due to health reasons. However, oh, wow. Apparently, he will be doing shows in the Northeast very soon. Oh. I can't say where or when, but it's looking like it's happening. Good, 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 good. good. I, my, I, I didn't get to meet him, but my buddy met him at Baltimore Comic Con in 06. And he said just you could not leave his booth without like just laughing the whole time. He was just cracking jokes. And it, he said, he's, he, imagine what he would be like in real life, and that's how he is. And I'm like, oh, that's so good to know. He's one of those that I've wanted to meet for so very long because when I got back into comics in 2011, I would go to this place called Dark Tower Comics, and Adam there would have, like, he had so much of Grew the uh, Gru the uh, Wanderer. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking, and I'm like, what is this? I'm going to give it a read. And I gave it a read, read I did. Mm-hmm. And just love the hell out of it. And it's one of those characters that whenever I see, I have to pick up. And I ended up, you know, as a result, falling in love with Sergio's art. I knew his mm-hmm. art from my days in high school reading Mad Magazine. But I of also course, yeah. knew, yeah, you know, just yeah. I remember he did the Star Wars one. I actually have the uh, Sergio Aragones stomps the Marvel or the Star Wars <laughs> universe. And just it's those things like you have to read. You have to check out. Now, here's my question. Yeah it's a possibility to do a group movie. Do you go live action or in my opinion would be the better idea? Would you do it live or animated like cell based or at least that style? Oh, it's a, it's a hard one because if you want to incorporate him into the overall MCU, mm-hmm. I don't know how you, well, Oh, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Okay. Multiverse of madness. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It kind of oh. makes sense because okay. the rumor and innuendo right now going on about that, if it might happen, hey, it might happen. Uh-huh. But in a, <laughs> I love chicken salad. But <laughs> the idea of doot, 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 uh, that <laughs> happening. <laughs> I have no idea. It, Sorry. You're perfectly fine. <laughs> but... There, there's just so much they could do with this, and like, we've also been talking. A lot, oh, and to answer your question, I would go animated, and you know what? I would go completely animated, and that's how you bring him into the MCU through yep. multiverse of madness, Ooh. through a portal. Oh my God! There's even the cartoons in here. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah, Eddie, it could be like Roger Rabbit. Like, you know what? Yep. You could that's, even yeah. do like live action, and then in. Multiverse of Madness, he could be, like, interacting with, like, cartoons. Again, there's just so... And if I was ballsy, I would do this. 
because mm-hmm. technically you're not utilizing the character. You're instead licensing a song. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they have done stuff like this. You go have Doctor Strange put his head through a portal. <gasps> and I know exactly all, where you're going. I hope oh. you do, because all of a sudden you just hear... And then he just pulls his head out and goes, that was a weird world. And it's like, you just don't even show anything. You just show his head going through a portal, like looking like, huh? So that's how you acknowledge the Marvel DC universe. That's yeah. how you can do this, that. Oh, the Amalgam verse. I love it. Oof. Amal- Man, Amalgam was so damn cool. Like as a 90s kid, like that was very much my childhood. So... I've been like slowly collecting those books and are they the oh. greatest? No, they are not. But they're like that level of fun from the nineties for me. Now, I'll tell you this, that those when the when the rumbling started that they were gonna do that and like Wizard was covering it and like they were saying, Oh yeah, there might be talk. I was my friends and I, we were just talking like, gosh, can you imagine like Superman and he's gonna mess up Spider Man or like Wonder Woman and Rogue and all this, and obviously they went with uh, Wonder Woman and Storm, which, you know, I, I think Rogue and Wonder Woman would have been a little bit more fun, but, I mean, the Amalgam comics, oh my gosh, like, it, it, that is something that if you explain to people who may have never heard of them before or even probably weren't around for them, like, they just, I don't think they understand how big of a deal they were. Like, See. it was just, like they were coming together and here's Frank Castle and Wonder Woman solving crimes. Why is why is Batman and Wolverine fighting, you know, Sabretooth and Joker? Like what mm. what is going on here? And what I also really liked about that era is like the impact it had on like the different characters. When you look at, you know, the bootleg Lego community or bootlegos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a Spider Boy uh minifigure. Mm-hmm. Not Superboy, not Spider-Man, Spider-Boy. The mm-hmm. mashup where it's, he's got the leather jacket, he's got the, you know, all that stuff. And it's just one of those little things where you're just like, wow, every element of the Spider-Verse really is getting acknowledged through these, like, these mm-hmm. bootlegos. And I'm I'm down with it. But yeah. with, with Amalgam, like, they had so many cool mashups. And my personal favorite one is Lobo the Duck because that makes no sense, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> And that if that were done now, I feel like it would have been. I feel like it, they would they would have figured out a way to somehow make that Deadpool instead of uh, Howard the Duck. I kn- like they, I did love that Deadpool the Duck crossover. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those, and again, that even got a Lego minifigure, and it was an official yeah. one, no less. <laughs> Like, they actually released, and it was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, and I look at the prices of it for the figure on eBay, and I'm like, of course no. it's 500 That's Are crazy. You, how much? It's That's quackers. Crazy it, money. It's yeah. $500, because it's limited edition, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Although, I'm curious how much the, uh, the what's it called, the Flurkin minifigure set is from San Diego, because I won that on Instagram. Mm. Oh wow! I got this. Nice. I got a San Diego Marvel package, and it's still like Eddie's partially jealous because of one element of it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a 1990s Hulk Marvel Legend, so it's the big green guy, and it's you know the 90s mm. card back. Mm-hmm. I got the Grandmaster and Collector in like this little rotating um, box of Marvel oh, Legends. Wow. 
because uh, I, I want to have your thing, Eddie, as the last one. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flurkin <laughs> Marvel Legend. A knife while you're talking. <sighs> well, the, the Flurkin uh, Marvel Lego set, which, again, I haven't even opened, and I don't know if I want to. But it's also like, man, there's a Nick Fury in there, and I'm missing 90s Nick Fury. Uh, oh, no. And then the one, the knife in Eddie's heart, it's a hallmark ornament of Iron Spider from Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh. when I told Eddie that, he's like, do you want, I think Eddie did go, do you want it? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I do want it. <laughs> Wait a minute, you Are got my you hopes up. Sure? He's like texting you at 3 a.m. Hey, do you still want that thing yet? You, if I get that this text place? this morning. In I gotta, I gotta morning. try that, that's a good idea. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Wear him down, Eddie, wear him down. You know, yeah. Yeah, wear it down like the iron uh, tentacles on that spider. Oh, come on. That's a little uncomfortable. Well, I mean, it's pretty sturdy steel, so he's got that going for him. Well, oh, see, there you mm. go. There you but go. <laughs> there, uh, also, just, because this, again, not much news has happened with Marvel this week, although we can drift back and forth to d- different elements. Eddie, we haven't talked about it, at least you and me together. Although, Eddie, did you listen to the episode I did, the Solo Dolo one? No, the most recent one? Yeah. It was me solo, and I'm talking about the news that Sam Raimi might very well be directing Multiverse of Madness. And a lot of people are wondering, you know, whether or not certain things could happen. And I I forgot to mention on the episode as well, guess what this could mean? Bruce Campbell shows up. I'm fine. Uh I like that. Uh I do, on that note, recall you posting that I think it was a fan art thing where, and you reminded me too when you said about a portal opening and you see a webbed hand thwipping. And it's not just a webbed hand. No, it's it, the Maguire attire. It sure does look ah. like that Maguire spidey hand. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I want to see this. I want to see this happen. And I don't, because again, he's still just in talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This might mean, by the way, we might be seeing him cancel Monster Mania, which. Oh. Monster Mania canceling a guest appearance? Oh. Uh, like that would ever happen. Uh. Unheard of. Unheard of. Paul Rudd has been announced for Monster Mania. Paul Rudd has been canceled for Monster Mania. Well, by the way, you got to put some context in it. That was less than 24 hours. Oh, I loved every bit of that. I was like, it's going to oh. cancel. It's going to cancel. Wow. Oh, God. Can I tell you my favorite story of all time yes, when it might. comes to Monster Mania cancellations? And I, I, you're, you're relatively kind of new to the Monster Mania kind of crew, right? This is actually, if if we're going to be going to this, uh, Eddie and I have been talking about it. We don't know 100% if we're going to do it, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it going to be conflicting with the big event in New York City? (gasps) Oh, that's right. Big event is going to be that Saturday with uh, Taker and, is it Braun? But is it the same weekend as Monster Mania? Yeah. Yeah. Because I bought a ticket for a big event instead. Ooh. What is the actual month or date if you know yeah we're gonna like let's both look this up at the same time for riveting podcasting yeah but welcome in regards let's hear your story about the monster mania so tim curry gets announced for the uh the first hunt valley show um which was september 2010 and i remember that because that's the convention i met my wife at so it's pretty sentimental so Tim Curry gets announced, and you know at this point he hasn't really ever done a convention before, and if he has, it was probably like a Fangoria or you know ten years before, or he did one in England somewhere. Good news, so, gentlemen! I just have to interrupt, but March thirteenth is Monster Mania, and March seventh is the wrestling. 
Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I thought that they were conflicting. Oh, well, then I was wrong. I apologize for that. John Q. I was wrong by social distortion. Oh, nice. Nice call. Just nice the, call. Just the chorus, though. Oh, so, so with, you know, Tim Curry, the announcement is made on the message board. And then it's also announced that he will not be taking photos at his table because he wants to speed through as many people as he can. And remember, this is 2010. So if you were at a convention, you are taking photos at your table. And that sounds crazy now, but it is. Hmm. Well, fans lost their mind, and particularly one who decided to uh, make a lot of uh, uh, personal insults towards the promoter and his family, which... We're not acceptable. You, you don't need to go onto a message board and read that you're, you know, a you-know-what. Mm. And uh, apparently the agent read all this and decided it wasn't worth the trouble, so he backed out, and he took uh, Tim out of the convention entirely. <laughs> and you should have read the responses for that. That is rough. Better. Oh, it was not a very fun day for Monster Mania, I'm sure. And the funniest thing is, and I'm not just saying this as someone who's going to be attending the show or possibly attending the show, but mm-hmm. they do have some killer, pun intended, uh, oh. lineups. Oh, and, nice. Like when I saw David Harbour and Sam Raimi, I'm just like, ooh. ooh. I, it, it, uh, let, me, let me, I mean, this is kind of where I start uh, acting like that grizzled old convention veteran. <laughs> and it, it's just like, for me, I've done so many Monster Manias. And in my opinion, I'm owning this all as my opinion, folks. This is not an official statement by anyone else. But, I I mean, I've seen it all. Not really much impresses me when it comes to conventions anymore. When it comes to horror conventions. What you're getting at is you've seen a million faces and you've rocked them all. all. I have rocked them all. On the steel horse I ride. I'm riding in like uh, Mickey Rourke in the beginning of Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man right now. <laughs> I enjoy okay. all of these references. <laughs> but by the way, just just this is me reading a Facebook post that just makes me laugh every time I see the exchange between you and Thomas uh, Coombs. Is that how oh, you Oh, Tommy it? Coombs, my TPIF uh, co-host and one of the best men in my wedding. Well, there's an exchange between you and him on this post, and I just love this exchange. I still laugh at it every time. You going, I mean, seriously, how can people get so excited to meet Kane Hoder at, how do you pronounce it, Hoder? Hotter. Hotter, there we go, that too, hot or cold. Oh, there you go. Katy Perry. At every Monster Mania for about 500 shows in a row, to which Tom uh, Thomas comments with, because every handsome man gets a kiss on the mouth from him. We have this conversation every time we're first in line for him because we can't wait. <laughs> so, one yeah, of my... yeah, we, 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 uh, look, when you've seen Kane Hodder added to the same show in the same location about 57 times in a row, you're finally just like, holy cow, what, what, what do you guys want? What else? What do you people want? Isn't he going to be dressing up as uh, Jason X soon? Which I'm, yeah, that I'm down that... for. It's it's it's, it's going to be like the Uber Jason, I guess, with like the, the the like the the metal mask or something. See, this is a controversial take from me in regards to uh, oh, Jason and stuff. I like but where it's going. 
Jason X is my absolute favorite. I is it really? Lo- I love that one because it's so dumb and it's also just so self-aware. It's like such a great movie for me because my favorite moment in the movie is, hey, want to have unprotected sex and smoke marijuana? I'm just like, <laughs> that is such... And you just see Jason just like... Yes, I am going to kill them. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. So, yeah. There's just something about that movie where it's so over the top and so stupid. And I'm <clears throat> to this day, this is the most early 2000s thing I can say, but I'm kicking myself for not buying that Jason X t-shirt from Media Play back in the day. Ooh. So for all of you that remember Media Play... Aren't you sad right now for remembering that? Because I know I am, as I remember clutching there my copies of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, but they were the Books of the Dead editions. Oh, the Anchor Bay version. And I got those for next to nothing because that's totally oh, going by. Now those go for a little bit now, don't they? Yeah, especially the novelty of that. But what I do is I take the Anchor Bay discs out, the DVDs, and don't. I replace them with the uh, Blu-ray ones and just put them in. Don't. Your, because well, I upgraded the Blu-ray, I got to put the Blu-rays in there. No, Peter. Hey, I don't touch. I don't hurt the the uh, DVDs. They're oh. still around. Uh, well, they're still you're, around you're too. You're talking to someone who, you know, oh, I loved Anchor Bay. Like they even gave us that weird Supergirl DVD, and there were like four versions of it. See, that's the thing I love about a lot of these uh, niche companies. With that, mm-hmm. they will make so many different versions of something that you wouldn't expect. Yep. And like yep. I said, I have a very like. I have a copy of Highway to Hell on DVD, not the Blu-ray one, because they didn't have it at Forbidden Planet. But oh, Forbidden Planet, nice. I love Forbidden Planet; such a great. I story. don't think I've ever been there. I've I had always wanted to whenever I went to New York City, but I, I don't think I'd ever gone there. Eddie, have you made the uh, trip to Forbidden? No, Planet? really. No, I've seen you, what it looks like when you go into the front door. Eddie, we're gonna have to pop your Forbidden Chair. Forbidden oh. Chair. Oh. You damn right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Can I make a suggestion? I want to hear audio of that. Oh, well, <laughs> I want to we'll hear Eddie's reaction when he walks in and he's like walking through and he's looking at all the things. I want to hear that. Just that a body like dropping a to the floor. That's all it is. Done. See ya. Although I will say for Eddie, my only thing is this. If you're looking for back issues of books that are from the last six, three to six months... If you're looking for toys, if you're looking for T-shirts, if you're looking for trade paperbacks, Forbidden Planet is the place for you. Mm-hmm. That's bluechew.com, s- ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, how I wish we could have dick pills as a, <laughs> as a sponsor for us. Oh, how I wish. <laughs> because believe me, I mis- have, we, I've written ad reads for the pretend Blue Chew commercial, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. And Blue I, Chew... I, I will have so much fun with this if you ever consider giving us a sponsorship. So just believe me, it involves clobbering time. It, oh, my God. It involves hulking up. It involves so smashing. many things. Oh, oh, believe me, it's going to be smashing, uh, as I referenced, <laughs> wild thornberries. But there's so much that we will have if that ever happens. Yeah. So. In the meantime, I would love to hear Eddie's thoughts on... Forbidden, forbidden planet. planet when you when you finally drag him into there i'm excited for that because like it is one of those stores like they they have like very cool kitschy stuff as well i have my keychain is one of those hotel keychains and it's for the uh great northern <laughs> hotel from twin peaks 
Oh, wow. Nice. So, I've seen some of those keychains stuff. Yeah, exactly. But I have seen the picture of the front doors, which I guess is you what ca- our Captain America's shield as your door handles to go into the store. They have the uh, Terminator and outside of it. Sure, yes. Oh. And I've also been given as a gift a Captain America action figure. And it's not a Marvel Legends, but a, the larger size fi- select. Oh, Marvel so- select, maybe. Man. I think that was the line. I've been on and off posting in the uh, Marvel Legends uh, groups on Facebook lately, and they're going to love when they find out I'm going to Toy Fair. But in regards to that... You're not allowed to mention that. How dare you? (laughs) Toy toy Fair rules. I got some appointments set up that I cannot wait to disclose with you guys soon. My bad. But in regards to Marvel, you know, the Marvel Legends groups, they're always talking about how Rogue is super hard to find as a Marvel legend now because like what? it's it's a very popular version because it's the 90s rogue, you know, with the jacket and the sugar oh. and all that stuff. And Didn't they do like a cloth and a plastic jacket? Probably back in the know. day, but like the uh, Warlock wave that she was a part of, that was, oh, you know. Oh, whatever. okay. I got you. And it's very hard to find. It goes for like, I think, 50 to 60 bucks. I know a guy that wants to sell me one loose for like about 20 to 30, and I'm like, hmm, I kind of want to do that soon. But... For that, you know, it's like, you know, I want to find it for my wave, right? And they said, well, in the meantime, a good replacement is the Marvel Selects Rogue. And I continually see that. I'm like, you know, I kind of wouldn't mind just buying that then. And then you look at both figures and like one is a little bit wonky compared to the Legends. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I get that. But I don't want to be shelling out $70 to $80, you know? Exactly. And my biggest regret in recent memory as well was I didn't get Iceman when Toys R Us was going out of business, I have a hilarious photo of the Toys R Us by me, and it's a wall of the Iceman figures. Oh. And how much up, is he going for now? Not much, but it's like, you know, when I had the opportunity, it was like, I think, $12 to get him. I'm like, hmm, Fair. 12 seems like a decent amount. I don't know why I have my jaw closed for this talking, but... <laughs> that, that Could whole, you chili? I mean, <laughs> keeps the teeth from chattering? Chili McFreeze, the former name oh, of Stone Cold Steve I Austin. Dagger. <laughs> Time to freeze. Mm-hmm. Hello. My, what am I? Guys, I'm, I'm sorry to veer off in a just terrible... Uh, All right, hold on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, did you guys know that Hulk Hogan was considered for Mr. Freeze and Batman Return, and, or Batman and Robin? He, I think now, so. Now, is that true, or is it for the Gregory Irons Iron On podcast, the Hogan Live of the Week? Where he no, probably went on saying no, that. no, no. I, it, this has been kind of confirmed that it was going to be either him... Arnold Schwarzenegger, Patrick Stewart, and there was one other candidate. Patrick Stewart? <laughs> yeah, they wanted Patrick Stewart from, like, day one. Like, that... I guess when Tim Burton was uh, trying to get Mr. Freeze into the movies, that, that that's who he had in mind. And then DC was so. just like, all right, cool, I see it. Let's let's get him. He had the head for it. In case anyone hasn't noticed, by the way, if you yeah, haven't followed exactly. me on social media, I'm obsessed with Star Trek lately. So yeah. enjoy those posts on Twitter and yeah. everything. Yeah, oh, dear. Chill. But Chill. My biggest regret was I went to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2013, and Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger inducted Bruno San Martino. And when Arnold came out, I regret not yelling this. I was going to yell because I was all the way up in the nosebleeds waiting for a silent moment and just yell, Ice to see you! (laughs) Hello, Potman. I'm still kicking myself over that. Cool party. (laughs) Everybody chill. (laughs) Uh, Hey, we're pretty good at this, (laughs) if nothing else. (laughs) Wait a minute, did someone not say conspiracy? (laughs) Oh, those are my favorite kind of thing. I just, I just want to, by the way, 
credit Chad with that impression I do of Ar- or of uh, Jesse Ventura because <laughs> when <laughs> at my for- most recent former job, which I just left after almost three years. I was there, and somebody at my last day just said something about a conspiracy. And in the oh, middle no. of everything, I just go, "Did somebody mention a conspiracy?" Oh. <laughs> now, when we were at WrestleCon, were you in the? Was it me and you in the hallway of like the top level? And Jesse walks by, and I literally, I think I screamed something like, "Hey, Jesse!" Any conspiracies going on? And he just turns around and looks at me like he wants to just. Just tear my head right off. Boy. Was that before or after you had a photo with him? Because during the photo, I love the story you tell about that where he's just, he's still talking during the photo. <laughs> he doesn't shut up. <laughs> and, he, and I think I even showed you the photo of when I did a, if you look, if you do the live photo uh, option, he doesn't shut up. He's literally talking as the photo's being taken. Send me the text of that because I need to see that. Just like the live photo version. That's amazing. All right, I certainly will. I certainly will because I, I, I it just. Oh. You're also the person that, like I said, you helped birth my impression of him where oh. I utilized the one line, you know what's not a conspiracy, Jesse? I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I, this is my greatest contribution to society and i am just so proud of that i've also realized part of my jesse ventura impression is like a a haggard um carol channing it's me carol channing i'm jesse ventura (laughs) it's better than doing an anthony cumia jesse ventura i guess oh man oh man anthony fell off the rails um oh uh, you know what when (laughs) you know what i'm I'm not even gonna i'm gonna say what i want to say about it (laughs) But he, he he's lost it. Let, let let's just be nice about it. Poor poor Opster. Ah, yeah. My my mild thing or mild hot take. I'm an Opie guy. And oh, I are hate, you really? I hate myself for it sometimes. Oh, don't do that. Although he did fist uh, bump me on a Twitter reply once, and that's that's the end oh. of that story. I feel like Opie doesn't really know how social media in general work like that's my take he's literally the definition of okay boomer on twitter but uh, yeah i digress yeah. but now but now in regards also to just goings on apparently i'm gonna because i'm going on my twitter right now one of the little things involving marvel Jeremy Conrad of the MCU Cosmicast reported that Sony reportedly is planning a Spider-Woman movie. Oh. Mm. And which I replied to him with, well, I guess it's time to flip that first appearance on my behalf because yep. I got that first appearance for a low, low price of $5. Ooh. Oh, wow. This nice. was three years ago. Hmm. So, but with a Spider-Woman movie, I'm very intrigued of them doing this what do you guys think is going to happen with a Spider-Woman movie? I have multiverse in mind. I don't know. I, I, I thought that initially, but I'm also like, eh, no, can't. Do you have enough Spider-Women in, or, and, and when I'm saying that, I'm, I'm talking like Jessica Drew. I'm talking like the 90s version. Do you have yeah. enough to really do a, uh, um, a, a multiverse version of Spider Woman. I'm thinking of female spidery characters in general. Oh, okay. Like, I got you then. 
Well, I, I think if they do this, are there enough Spider-Woman stories to give her her own Spider-Woman movie? There were hardly enough Spider-Woman stories to do that cartoon in the 70s. That, again, that's the problem. And Yeah. Are they going to... You know, the most memorable story I remember of Spider-Woman was from around the time of the original Spider-Verse event where she mm-hmm. was pregnant. Interesting. And that's really about it. That's all I remember. <clears throat> that was a key story of her. There's not much. And I'm reading, you know... X-Men in the Outback right now from yeah. the 1980s at the end. And she's showing up in Matapur. And she's just, hey, I'm not Spider-Woman anymore. I'm like, then why are you here? But Leave. <laughs> well, now that brings up a good topic, too, because <clears throat> in the month of, what, March, I think, is her her return. It's supposed to be coming, I think I saw in a Marvel previews kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. So where's we don't know where how far along that's going to go. Maybe we'll get somebody uh, on board to talk to a writer or an artist from that title. That would Ooh. be cool. You know, no one's talking about Mister Freeze, Eddie. <laughs> but that, again, that's the problem with a lot of this, where you have a character, you end up making something with them, like a movie. Like how many memorable Morbius stories do we really have? We're just getting, we have an origin, yeah. And you know, you throw yeah. dead behind the eyes Jared Leto into the role and. I don't know. I just I don't uh, know where we can go with this. That is your I introduction to the uh, oh geez, what was it the char- the compilation the, of those characters? The, the, Midnight Suns. The, the what? Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns. Uh, well, that's a good one, but I wasn't thinking of that originally. Um, not, the, not a mon- not a monster squad, but um, who could oh, be the monster squad? Yeah, that's, that's a seventies thing, talking. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Yes, and Morbius, a werewolf by night. Uh, I guess, yeah. a, um, shoot, whatever. Uh, oh, is there a mummy that was in there too? Um, was it a yummy mummy? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. If that's... Oh, I wish. <sighs> why? Why? Why did they? Con- now that's the that's the universe I want to see. Is I want to see a Marvel um, a Marvel zombie. Mm-hmm. I want to see something like a Marvel like a. Spooky Marvel movie, and not just like Blade, not just you know Morbius. I want to see an alternate like universe, like I said, Marvel zombies. Well, I know they won't do that. Yeah, but. right now we are getting Marvel zombies on the Marvel What If series for Disney Plus. Oh, like, okay. There's gonna be All one right, episode, and yeah, you see Bucky shooting at a uh, Captain America zombie, Captain America. Mm-hmm. So eh, maybe. Maybe I'm doing I think a even um, I think even Ghost Rider was going to be a part of that compilation of Ooh. characters, and I can <laughs> see the cover of it, whatever. And I just can't think. It's like two words: supernatural monsters. I, I can't remember now. Yeah. Again, I just I want to see a lot of these lesser known. Like, give me the lesser known characters, but why not just introduce them in another way? Why not just introduce them through other means and then establish them? You know. I I, I'm kind of just getting tired of the solo movies that are being built just to kind of or that are just being made to kind of build the team movies like I kind of just want a solo movie kind of like Shazam was I kind of like that Mm -hmm. I I like that concept of Here's just a standalone, you know, he doesn't really need to interact with anyone else. It's just on his own. That's me, though. <laughs> I, uh, 
again, just the magic of all of this stuff and how I don't even know what we could do next. I kind of I kind of like that right now the only movie I'm really excited for for Phase 4 is Multiverse of Madness, but based mm-hmm. on the prospect of hey, we might be getting Sam Raimi for this. Mm-hmm. And what I also like is the fact that when we end up getting some of this stuff, what we could get is just movies that are fun, you know, of mm. course. Yeah. And I think the idea, you know, again, I'm, the only movie I'm excited for is Multiverse of Madness. What about other movies, you know, like I, I don't care about Shang-Chi. I certainly don't care about the Eternals. Like mm-hmm. you could not pay me enough. And yet, meanwhile, we're probably going to end up, li- I'm probably going to end up liking the Eternals movie. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. And, He runs out of air twice. Okay. It's, again, that's what it is right now. We're in a very, we don't know what's going to happen next. Wait and see. And wait and see with a lot of these other things, like the idea of a Spider-Woman movie. Mm-hmm. Wait and see. It, it, do you think Marvel's kind of trying to find that next Iron like I, Iron Man, where it's like, this is going to be the next phase of... You know, the Marvel, we can turn this into our flagship bearer until we get, like, full Spider-Man or X-Men rights or Fantastic Four, whatever the case may be. Do you think that they're just kind of, well, it worked before, you know, we're, we, we, we kind of want to try and make it happen again? Or do you think they're just, they're just at this point, like, let's just make literally everything we own? Well, I was going to say, to much of the chagrin of incels everywhere, that Captain Marvel might be the face. And then, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. But it dawned on me that I think right now Marvel is not going to have a face. They're going to have... It's going to be at this point where now all of our characters are A-listers. Mm-hmm. At the very least. Like, everyone can hold their own. We don't have one definable face in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of Infinity... Or at the end of uh, Endgame... Yeah, Captain Marvel was there, but she really wasn't a focal point. She was mm, just mm-hmm. she was there, one and done. She's like, well, time to cash my check, and then she was gone. Mm. But you know, Black Panther can be a face. Like it's oh, it, this is right this is right now the point in time where anyone can be a torchbearer. But if you notice, almost all of these movies are movies that are going to be coming out within the next two years. Of characters that are not the standard torchbearers, they're none of those uh-huh. guys. None of the. It's all new, 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 new. Mm-hmm. New mutants. Stop that. Mm-hmm. But the uh. I, the idea that it's a scream. The next thing is going to be this. The next thing is going to be this. It's all just random stuff, and we're not getting those faces. We're gonna like we're gonna spend the next two years establishing new characters, and then from there we go okay. Hey, remember these guys from a couple of years ago? It's going to be that. Like, characters that we saw all the time are going to be, hey, remember them? So mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy that the Guardians are going to be a, hey, remember the Guardians? Here they are again, back in yep. hog form. But it's, it's very much one of those, we don't know what's next. And I kind of like that. Because we're introducing the new wave. And then we're going to end up getting mo- movies with the original characters, the original, the original first three phase guys and mm-hmm. gals, and it's going to be them 
interacting with the new faces of Marvel? How are they going to interact with these new faces? And that's kind of cool. And it'll kind of mean something. So yeah. I guess, you know, everyone who's kind of stuck around this long for, you know, to make it to a Marvel Phase 4. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, in do you guys see Robert Downey Jr. coming back for at least just like one or two more appearances? As I guess he can't. But <laughs> I mean, anything is possible in comics and anything is yeah. possible in comic book movies. Mm-hmm. So I would say, mm-hmm. could I see it happening? RDJ is very, very humble with what he does. And he's he's mm-hmm. also, to an extent, too proud. And I feel... I want to say he will, mm-hmm. but I feel like he'll come back years from now, maybe like five, six years from now, mm-hmm. and do like something with it. But as a full-time basis, no. I do not see mm-hmm. that whatsoever. But... Again, the finger thing means money, so you never know. It might happen, might not. But I feel like also if he does come back, it means, oh, you failed post-Marvel. Like, that's the only thing you could rely on. You tried to go solo, and you need to reunite with your band to, like, do a few nostalgia shows. Yeah, just like, you know, Freddie Mercury, you know, when he went off away from Queen. Or when Steven Tyler thought he could be a country singer for a week and a half. Ooh. You just... No. <laughs> and again, it goes back to that conversation. Did he leave too early or did he leave on time? Like, honestly. And to quote the, that one band, love isn't always on time. Whoa, oh, that's oh, true. Oh, 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 oh. Love that song. Gosh, I love that song. <laughs> but it, it's like in Hollywood, you're only as good as your, I, I, and I've heard this before, you're only as good as your last hit. Yep. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, Doolittle. I mean, when I heard that he was going to be, you know, Doctor Doolittle, I was like, you know, it, it was the same reaction I had when he was uh, cast as Sherlock Holmes. I was just like, you know, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I can see him making that work. And then you hear reviews, and you're like, poor guy. It it bums me out too because like his essentially Hollywood sidekick in recent memory is Tom Holland, and he brought mm-hmm. Tom Holland into this to play a dog, and mm-hmm. he brought they you know. I'm so sad that a movie with Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, and John Cena did terribly. Do, do, do. <laughs> oh, I loved meeting John Cena last year. He was delightful. Oh, don't you you went to that Strand bookstore thing, didn't you? I went to uh, BookCon, and after his panel, I ran up to the stage because we were already sitting front row, and I got a picture. Oh, of it was a short run. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was a short run. <laughs> it was a couple of leaps, maybe. And, oh. bow- and bounds. You don't bound. But I, I don't know. I just, I feel that RDJ, he, he's got a long ways away to figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would say just go more into dramatic roles. You don't need to go into big budget family films. You don't need to go into big budget action movies. Just do you. He did a great job. He did yeah. great jobs in you know films like Chaplin, The Soloist, etc. Et I thought he was a good Sherlock. Yeah, and the sh- I, they're doing a new I, one, aren't they, with him? A third one? Yeah, I've heard mm, that third is going to happen. Well, we'll find out on the Sherlockists. Stay tuned. Yeah, the Holmeses. <laughs> Elementary. Every week we talk about whether or not Benedict Cumberbatch looks like a turtle. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> 
He really does. He really does. He really, really does. I come to bargain. <laughs> you know who? You know who really looks like a turtle is Corey Feldman. Eddie, comment. Mm-mm. I was waiting for you to do a spit take just now. To be completely honest, not in front of a radio <laughs> board. No, no, I, I have no idea if that's. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen Corey these days. It's probably best you don't. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's all I'll say. Didn't you have an exchange with somebody about uh, somebody that goes, "Why isn't Corey Haim doing cons anymore?" <laughs> someone wants, someone on a message board said it's been a long time since we see Corey. Haim. Well, and I was just like, that can't be real. That can't be real. But there are groups where people are kind of oblivious and also stupid. I, I, I'm not going to name the, the the group that this came from, but yeah, someone. Someone said, why haven't we seen Corey Haim in a while? And I... Well, if you go to, if you go to Grave Digger Con, I'm positive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There, he, there, the original poster did not have a fun afternoon. I would imagine, but next week on The Marvelous, we're going to have a very special Ouija board interview oh. with <laughs> Corey Haim. Corey, who will you be playing in the MCU? Hold on. And, you know, and Sam Wheat. <laughs> uh, fun he fact. He would have made a good long shot back in like 1990. Mm. Speaking of Wheats, we're going to talk about Wheaton for a second. I'm blocked by Joss, or uh, not Joss Wheaton, uh, Will Wheaton on Twitter. Just a fun fact. Oh, darn. Don't know why, but I think because I literally. Oh, I think I, 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 think Will I, Wheaton. I think I favorited a tweet where somebody says, shut up, Wesley. <laughs> and oh. did not go if, well. Oh, I can't stand Will Wheaton. <laughs> Can you guys tell, by the way, I'm obsessed with Star Trek now? Yeah. Just the hair. Yeah, uh, it's there. Hair big, the there. Tortoise, big thank you, by the way, to We Hate Movies for their Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Nexus, Ooh. which I've been listening to and falling in love with Star Trek. Good so. crew. Good crew. Oh, We Hate Movies rules. Uh, you know you know what? You just brought up Will Wheaton. There is only... I As a kid, I didn't mind him on Next Generation because I was like, oh, cool, it's a kid, you know? But if you really want to see Will Wheaton at his best, go check out Toy Soldiers. Wow. Wait, Toy Soldiers or Small Soldiers? Uh, Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. I'll check it out. Both are not bad, mm. but Toy Soldiers is pretty fantastic. It's essentially like if if teenagers were playing G.I. Joe. Was you know? it, wasn't uh, Small Soldiers the final film role of Phil Hartman? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. I, you know, I liked the concept because even, you know, back then, I mean, I was just, I was in the action figure game, so I liked it, but I think it was a little too close to Toy Story for some people. I thought you were, uh, you were partial to the idea of Phil Hartman having one final film role. (laughs) Uh, Well, that too. I mean. I was going to go with uh, Jingle All the Way. Um, Oh, oh, oof. oof. It's turbo time. I must be the only person who doesn't like that movie like i have tried to get into that movie and it just i and i love sinbad but i love i love sinbad especially when he was in that genie movie shazam shout out to justin wang by the way yes for that mandela effect (laughs) i want to find whoever started that and just 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 thank them because it has given sinbad a whole new Career that he never had of a, of a movie yes. he was never in, and that's fantastic. He's so good; people are 
freaking imagining him as genie. I mean, when you look at Shaquille O'Neal and Sinbad side by side, you're just like, wow, oh, yeah. I'm seeing double here, four crusts. Yeah. But oh, it's it's like putting me and Peter together. We 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 get we get asked if we're twins all the time. And then you throw Eddie Murphy in as the third twin. Oh gosh. That movie that's oh, never gonna happen. Uh, at this point, do you think it will? No, not at all. You don't really think that that movie with what coming did... to America two or whatever it is. Which, by the way, coming to America, one of my all time, my top ten comedies. But do we really need another another one? Uh, 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 yeah, I, uh, right, exactly. I didn't even know yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. But now we're gonna wrap this episode up, but. Before we go, Chad, thank you for being on the show today. And how can people get a hold of you on them? Our social medias. Well, first off, I have really, I, I've, I just can't thank you guys enough for letting me come on here. And he's a prince. I, <laughs> thank you so so much. This has just really been a lot of fun, and I've I've really been hoping to kind of hop on and chat with you guys. So this this really means a lot. Thank you. It's very long um, overdue, and. We have to also give a shout out to somebody else that he's long overdue for being on the show. We're going to figure out a way to cross the synapses and do whatever we can go beyond Star Trek beyond, I guess. Now I'm just going to make that reference, but we're going to figure something out. But Shane Hagedorn of an honorable mention, we will be having you on the show. We just have to figure out when, where, how, why, and sometimes how. Why, why, how, how? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure afterwards he'll be like, hi, why? Why didn't this happen sooner? It'll be like a five-minute episode. We lose power in the studio. Something happens. <laughs> and then he's tradition. just like, of course, of course. But, cue, um, cue Raul yeah, Julia you, going, of course. Of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, pal. Um, <laughs> pronouns, pal. Pronouns, pal. Damn it. Tish. Talking about sad? <laughs> Damn it, pal. <laughs> But you can get a hold of me on my blog, uh, Horror Movie Barbecue. I'm always uh, doc. Oh, jeez, HorrorMovieBarbecue.com. I'm uh, active on Twitter at Horror Movie Barbecue. Um, Instagram too. There is a Facebook page. I, I just I I rarely remember to update it, and that's kind of on me. But yeah, stop by. Uh, check out my nonsensical ramblings about Brian Bosworth, pro wrestling figures, and Say by the Bell and. I'll 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 try to make it worth your while. Name a more iconic it, trio. Exactly. Uh, you can't. You can't. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Chad Young of the Horror Movie Barbecue. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Obsessed with Marvel. Featuring our guest, Chad Young. Are we ready? Are you ready? Oh, I have been born for this moment. Wow. This moment, the genesis of the beginning of the moment of the genesis of the beginning of the impact of the moment of the beginning of the genesis of Magillacuddy. 332 is the question number. We don't need to remember that. I just need to find it. Never thought I'd make a Michael McGillicuddy reference on the show. Oh, nice. I was a McGilla buddy. I was a McGilla gorilla. Viewer. Oh. Mr. Mr. Peebles. Mr. Peebles. Yeah. 332 says, Who was the wanderer from medieval times? Dion. 
who carried the mystical power object called the Evil Eye. All right, who it, your choices are Prester John, Modred the Mystic, Murdoch Adams, or Dachim the Enchanter. Eddie, stop cleaning your throat. Yeah, that's a, heck, that's a heck of a way to say it. I don't even know if I said it right. Lahayim. Who was the <laughs> To life. To life. Uh, it's alive. Okay. Who was the wanderer from medieval times who carried the mystical power object called the evil eye? Prester John, Modred the Mystic, Murdoch Adams, or Dakim the Enchanter? I have a guess. That's about all it is. I, I, I have a I, I have one. <sighs> What was the first name? Can you say that again, please? Prester John. Sounds Quakerish I, to I, me. For but... some reason, I want to go with that one. Okay. Any and idea? I feel like I'm wrong, but no. I want to go with that one. I'm I'm leaning towards uh, Modred the Mystic. I would um, have said that, but for some reason, I'm thinking of Doctor Mordred, that Charles Band movie. So. Uh, I, okay. Hmm. But also, you know what? I'm. You know what? I'm going to go with that one too. Are I'm. Gonna, I'm. I'm on your side. Yeah, I didn't support my thought, but uh, okay, Peter. I'm you're, going with Chad. You're going. So we're all going with letter B. Let's try it out. No, we're all wrong. The answer was A. Prester John. Oh, damn it! Oh, damn it! Oh, so sorry for that, Chad. Oh no, that's I okay. Let, that's I've led okay. you astray. Okay. No, that's okay. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, "Geez, maybe that's kind of because that movie was originally kind of Charles Band's kind of tribute to Doctor Strange." So I was like, "Huh, maybe you know, maybe the name yeah. kind of has some meaning too." Yeah, sometimes your first guess is your best guess, there, eh? Uh, my first guess is always my best guess, and then I always Chad instincts if you know. Didn't let you down. Thirteen sixty one is the number. Let's go. Who? Excuse me. What was District X? Was it an area of Genosha populated by mutant slaves? Was it mutant town ghetto in Manhattan? Was it a property owned by Charles Xavier in Westchester County? Or none of these? I think I know the answer to this just by the way the answers are stru- structured. And I have this this run, of course, to, to need to read it. I do. What was District X? And I think that was a title in the early two thousands. Uh, an area of Genosha populated by mutant slaves. Was it Mutant Town Ghetto in Manhattan, property owned by Charles Xavier in Westchester County, or none of these? I'm going to go with uh, B. You're going to Mutant Town Ghetto in Manhattan. Okay, Peter? Mm-hmm. I think Mutant Town. You do? All right, I'm going I'm going to hit my answer just because I'm trying to keep some kind of semblance of score. I'm going to say it's none of these. No! The answer is... Mutant Town Ghetto in Manhattan. Oh, wow. You know, a lot of these questions have have uh, led you to either all of these or none of these, and that's, most cases, I thought it been the right answer, so I was just, like, taking a shot. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Ozzy Osbourne shot in the dark. We Oh, good song. Oh, okay. I love that video. Well, that's a crazy, yeah, kind of wacky, deep, but, you know, that was the 80s. That's true. Early 80s at that, too. 15, 53, come on down. You're the next contestant on... We get the Rod Roddy! <laughs> All right, here we go. 1553 says, Which Spider-Man foe first fought the Hulk in Incredible Hulk 113 and 114? Which Spider-Man foe first fought the Hulk in Incredible Hulk 113 and 114? Was it Medusa, Quicksilver, the Chameleon, or the Sandman? 
Yeah. Oh, in the wrong sand. And there's and they're referencing Incredible Hulk 113, 114 from 1969. Just it would be Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, I gotta go with Sandman. Medusa is more of a F four villain at first. Yeah, I don't think a Spider Man foe is either Medusa or Quicksilver. Quick was Quicksilver even around in six? No. Well, wait. Yeah, I guess he was. Established X Men number number four. Mm, well, okay. part of the uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Mutants, like X-Men 4, I think, right? Okay. Featuring everyone's mm-hmm. favorite Times Square Flash so, or the Mastermind. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm down between Chameleon and, and Sandman. I thought you you're done with the Mastermind. I'm like, Eddie, geez. I I feel like I can see Hulk that look of, Eddie's look of disappointment. Well, you know what? Yes, Hulk did fight Sandman. That is true. I remember... Uh, you know what? I think we have D. Um, it, it makes sense for it to be Sandman because it's a big, mm-hmm. giant villain goes up against yeah. a big, giant character. And okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. Let's just D. Mm-hmm. Oh, good lord, we've got one right. Hey, okay, what? one out oh of three. God. Yeah, should we try for? A, should we deem ourselves with a fourth question? I would say so. We're going uh, early, yeah. early in this book, and it's twenty five hundred questions. Just so Chad didn't know. Oh my goodness! Sa- uh, I yeah, love it. but going over to that Sandman thing, you know, it probably stands sitting there. All right, True Believers, a.k.a. the Marvel Bullpen, what we're going to do is we're going to have that big green guy fight big, big sand. Yeah. Yes. And sand. I can kind of see what he, he, I think even Sandman on the cover is wearing some kind of uh, mask. He's got mm-hmm. green and yellow and maybe some Charlie Brown stripey thing uh, going on in part of whatever he's wearing, whether it's around his waist or something on an arm. What number did you say it was? 113? 113, 114, I'm yeah. I'm going to look that up on Marvel Unlimited right now. All right, so his, let's... His fashion sense was always just absolutely impeccable. Let's, just, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, they had to have some structure. I, I don't know. Question number 70, 70, and says, what is not true about Susan and Johnny Storm's father, Dr. Storm? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. He is a communist. He spent years in prison for a crime he did not commit. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was once impersonated by the Super Scrawl. He was guilty of manslaughter for killing a lone shark's enforcer, or he died heroically saving the lives of the Fantastic Four. What is not true about Dr. Storm, Susan and Johnny Storm's father? Again, he spent years in prison for a crime he did not commit. He was uh-huh. once impersonated by the Super Scrawl. He was guilty of manslaughter for killing a lone shark's enforcer. He died heroically saving the lives of the Fantastic Four. I I only know the the last one, dying heroically from the the Fan Four Stick movie, essentially. Yeah. Um. I, I my first thought was he was once impersonated by the Super Scroll. I don't necessarily. I believe that. See, I believe him being impersonated by a Super Scroll, especially if it's like used in a story to like you know okay. maybe. But I, I don't I don't believe the loan shark thing. Okay, so you think he, he was not true that he was guilty of manslaughter. I, I I'm gonna go over there with that one, Peter. Yeah, I don't believe that. I'm in the same boat. Alright, so let's do C and Yes. Okay. I think we should quit right there because that makes us okay. two for four. Quit while we are a <laughs> Fantastic quit, Four. Quit mm-hmm. while we are a skull. Four. Quit while we are a skull. Super. Oh, I said skull, not oh. scroll, sir. Okay, so sorry. My bad. Oh, yeah, you better believe it, Buster. Howdy there, folks. John Sherber, and you might know me from The Marvelous, the show you're listening to right now, as esteemed editor, producer, contributor, host, and, and really jack of all trades. Uh, and before we go here, we have an interview with Bob Camp. 
that Peter was lucky enough to get recently. Uh, if you don't know Bob Camp, he's worked on a lot of stuff you probably do know, including the Ren and Stimpy show, Thundercats. Uh, he worked on the Ghostbusters television show, and he worked in the 80s at Marvel for doing the G.I. Joe comics, doing Bizarre Adventures, Savage Tales, Conan Barbarian, and many more. So here is the interview. It's great. Keep in touch. So we are at Fanfare in New York City. This is day one, and we are joined right now with a man responsible for so much of our childhoods. He's a big part of the show, Ren and Stimpy, Bob Camp. Bob, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Now, you have had such a long career in terms of pop culture, but one of the places where you got your start was the House of Ideas, and that's Marvel, and we are the Marvelists, so we'd be remiss to not talk about your days there. I'm happy to do that. How did you get your start in there at Marvel Comics, as well as your early introduction to Marvel? Well, you know, I mean, everybody read Marvel Comics when they were kids and stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't so much of a, of a comic fanatic. I was more into Mad Magazine and National Lampoon. That was more my thing. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, come out of the uh, Harvey Kurtzman School of Comics. Say, yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, if, if you look at comedy in this country and the institution of satire, we can thank Harvey Kurtzman for all of that. Uh, Terry Gilliam, uh, uh, a lot of really big people, uh, R. Crumb, came out uh, of working for Harvey Kurtzman, you know, and, and he's the master. And there's just so much, like again, you just mentioned with Mad Magazine, just like the impact of it, the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just came out last year, and what was one of the key, you know, things that you see in there, an issue of Mad Magazine with Rick Dalton on the cover, which right. they actually went on to make an actual physical copy of that book and sold it as the final newsstand edition of Mad. Wow. So it's... It's that little bit of that was that big of a part of the pop culture conscious. Sure, sure, sure. And that great Tom Richmond artwork. We love Tom. Tom's a friend. Yeah, he's great. Who are some of your all-time favorite mad artists? Other than, you know, Kirsten, obviously. Well, I, I got to say Mort Drucker. Mort Drucker was my hero. And my first job at Marvel was doing movie parodies for Crazy Magazine, which is funny what I'm drawing right now. This is Neil Adams from a photograph taken in... Night in the 70s, there was for a fumetti for Crazy Magazine, and his daughter-in-law sent me the photo and said, can you make a fake magazine cover, a fake Crazy Magazine cover of it? So this is them. So in the photo, they're looking through a peephole like in a motel. So I made a joke about it. There's like a monster eyeball glaring at them. So this is like uh, a little gift for uh, his wife Marilyn's birthday. And we will be we'll be throwing that image up on both our Facebook and Instagram. So if you want to see that, sure, sure. And if you want to get a picture of it when it's done, check back later. I gotta I gotta do some tones and some lettering and stuff. Yeah. And you know, with Marvel, one of the things you're known for comedy. One of the main things that you were involved in was the Marvel No Prize book. That's right. You know what's funny is uh, I was talking to Jim Salakrup, and he, uh, like an hour or two ago. And he was here with a friend of his, and he, he said, look what he's got, and he pulled out, and it was the drawing I did of Stan Lee. He actually had the drawing. Uh, she got a picture of it on her phone, I think. But, uh, so he brought it here to the show to sell. So it's, it's, it's a drawing, I, a caricature I did of Stan Lee, and it's inked by Vinnie Coletta. It's a pretty cool item. And I wanted it real bad, I wanted to swipe it from him, but you know. 
I mean, if you know, you just like go, hey, look over there, distraction. That might work. I mean, hey, no, I can't. I'm, I'm slow. I'm easy to catch. I, th I think you'll be fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, you did a lot of work involving the, some of the covers. You were involved with some Conan the Barbarians. I was, I, I uh, after Crazy Magazine folded, I really needed work, and, and Larry Hama, who I worked for, said, uh, you know, uh, you're now John Buscema's inker. So uh, it, it kind of blew my mind. It's pretty cool, right? Uh, because I knew that John didn't like most anyone inking him. You know, he was real hard to satisfy. So I asked one of the guys in the bullpen, and I think it might have been either Benny Coletta or Frank Giacoya, like, who does, who, who does John like inking him? And they said, well, that's easy. He likes it when his brother Sal inks him. So I, when I started inking him, and I was doing finishes over his breakdowns, so they were very minimalistic pencils. Like, at that time, his pencil quota for a month was 78 pages. That's 78 pencil finished, not finished, pencil comic book pages a month, not including the, the covers and pinups he did, which he inked himself. So he was a massively prolific guy, but he didn't spend a lot of time on details. So it was inking those were more difficult than if they'd been finished pencils. So I just jumped in, you know, throw me in the lake, see if I can swim. So I'm, I'm making John Buscema. So anyway, I saw him at a Comic-Con one time, and uh, this was, I was in my mid-20s, and I looked like I was about 12. So I, I went up to him, I said, hey, Mr. Buscema, I'm, I'm, I'm your inker, I'm Bob Camp. And he laughed, big laugh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you're the kid that tries to ink like Sal. And it blew my mind. I mean, I couldn't have been happier because it wasn't like he was making fun of me. It was like, to me, he saw what I was trying to do, and that was a big success. And he didn't say, hey, your inks suck. He said, hey, I picked up on what you're trying to do, and that was like a big compliment. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Another job I had was uh, doing all the art corrections on the entire Marvel line. And that's sort of, Larry, Larry was really good at pushing me into jobs to see if I would drown, you know? So I sat in the bullpen, and every single page that any editor had to have changes done to, they would bring it to me, and I had to do whatever I could to fix a page. It might be replacing a panel, redrawing a scene, redoing a page, but I had to do it in the style of the artist. So, because of that, I had to learn how to draw like all the people that worked there. So I, I became a shapeshifter. I could draw on anybody's style. And that's, that's been my whole thing, my whole career is like, you know, you want me to draw like Akira Kurosawa? No, I don't. He doesn't draw, but but uh, uh, some some famous director or some famous animator or you know uh, Don Martin, somebody like that. I can do it. You know, I did can you fake. Did Don Martin sound effects? I did. In fact, I did a drawing of of the famous uh, all panels of all the Don Martin sound effects, but it's and they're parodies of that. But it's with Ren and Stimpy characters. Oh, that's cool. yeah. That's it's, cute. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, Don Martin's another one of my heroes. Yeah. All the man, all the Mad Magazine artists. I know we keep going back to that, but it's it's just got such a big impact. Like, there's so many people that helped change a lot of those, you know, senses of humor, and just got a lot of people into this kind of stuff. Sure, I'm sure. A, I'm a big Sergio fan. Aragonis. I we 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 uh, saw him at a con uh, a few months ago and talked to him a little while. It was before they announced, right before they announced that Mab was going under. Uh, but it was fun hanging out with him and talking to him and stuff. He, one of my heroes for sure. And especially like when you hear how fast he makes his work, and it's 
such high quality at such a fast pace. You know, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, he's a machine. Another guy who was like that was Jack Davis. They, they said he was the fastest cartoonist alive. He, he would knock out a, a, a comic in, in a matter of hours, yeah. It's, again, there's su such an impact that Mad has, and it's such a, also, I would say, just awesome publication that... Yeah. It's when everyone, when they announced that Mad was um, going the way of the dodo, I guess. How did it make you feel hearing that? Well, I, it was kind of funny, too, because... Uh, Sometime before that, like maybe six months or eight months before that, I, I was at a con and uh, the, the uh, uh, two people from the comic came up, uh, Bill Morrison and what was the woman's name? I'm forgetting her name now. But they were they were the people who were running Mad. They sort of took it over with issue one, the new the new Mad, you know. And uh, uh, they said, "Do you want to do a, a page for us?" And then we'll. we'll work you into the book and I said finally you know you guys finally come to me and I, I used to take my portfolio up to MAD in their offices and I bring it in and show them what I was doing with Crazy Magazine trying to get a job at MAD which was my lifelong dream and they would everybody gather around and Al Feldstein was there and Al Jaffe was there and uh, all these great, great MAD guys are there and they love my work and they'd laugh 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 oh that's great good to see you again Bob but we're a closed shop. See you next time. And that, they kind of give me, usher me out the door. It's kind of heartbreaking. But uh, so I had an opportunity at the end, but I was really busy and I couldn't get around to doing it. So and you then, told them they can't do it. I, yeah, Ooh. I guess so. But I didn't tell them. They were just sort of, if you, know, if you want to send us some stuff, we'll publish it. And I never got around to it. Plus, I... I was like struggling with coming up with the right idea, yeah. you know. And you want, if it's the send off, you want to have the right thing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm sad about Mad going, but I, I'm surprised it lasted a long, as long as it did, you know. Same, you know, and with the age of the internet, you know, there's like the levels of humor that come out through that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I do feel like there's this, like a, I think my generation is like, like the last generation that really had the impact of Mad. Because I remember when I was in high school, we were still reading Mad and just you know enjoying that. Yeah. And to see it, you know, fade away, it's a bummer. It is. It sucks. Yeah. And all things must pass, I guess, you know, to quote uh, that one Beatle. You know, yeah. That guy with the thing. <laughs> anyway, before we wrap this episode up, first off, you are more than welcome to appear on the show anytime, by the way. You know, sure. Talk Marvel, Mad, et cetera, et cetera. We'll figure something out. But okay. Before we go, how can people get a hold of you on social media? Uh, well, we have a, our studios called Bob Lab Studios, B-O-B-L-A-B, Bob Lab. And it's it's just fun to say Bob Lab, Bob Lab. It's just it's a fun thing to say. Bob Lab. Bob Lab. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, and we have a Facebook page called Bob Lab Studios. And you can go there. We have a store. Uh, and you can buy prints. You can uh, hire me to do commissions for you. Uh, you can, you know. Have me mow your lawn, whatever you want. You know, I'm there. I've, I've seen so many of like the mashups you do, by the way, and they're so impressive. Like, what, like on the topic of Marvel, what are some of your Marvel favorite Marvel? Like, oh my God, big dummy in Little China. That is tremendous. And I made I made Stimpy look like Kurt Russell. Good old Stim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Yeah, I do mashups. They're fun. What is like one of your favorite Marvel mashups you've done? Uh, I got the Avengers one. Uh, I don't know if we have it up, 
But uh, what's fun about it is I made uh, Mr. Horse into the Hulk. And you know how Mr. Horse doesn't like anything. No, sir, I don't like it. He doesn't like anything. But what really pisses him off, and he's really pissed off, no, we don't have is, it up at all. is he can't clinch his hooves. And what, what good is it being the Hulk if you don't have a fist? You know, it doesn't make sense. Bob, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Happy, happy, joy, joy.